0: And here we go with the first special podcast with a guest hi i'm alex
1: and uh, my name is max
0: and let's begin
1: oh okay so what are we talking about today alex
0: so uh, let's discuss some latest news something actual for for the europe and right after that let's proceed with our main subject so basically childhood so basically child basically yes
1: you want to talk about your or my childhood
0: yeah I, I think we can discuss that and, okay and so uh, and right after that let, let's proceed with with also something something actual as well For exo- oh what is it studied during lockdown and christmas mood because essentially where there is only one month left till the christmas eve
1: oh so interesting you want to talk about something that is actually happening right now yep <laughs> okay um do you have anything you want to begin
0: with? Anything specific? Yeah, of course. I think we can begin w- with COVID lockdown in Europe. In Europe? Yep. So, what are lockdown measures in places across Europe? Do you know any?
1: Um, well, to be honest, I haven't heard of anything specific before this day when you told me that we should discuss it. And um, as I've looked up some of the things, I've actually been baffled by the things that they're doing in uh, Italy once again. Like they're restricting the freedom of people once again, which is which is uh, actually unexpected that they will go on a second lockdown like this.
0: But the numbers are arriving in Italy, and Italy is one of the most... Uh, one of the most dangerous places in Europe right now simply be- because of the new cases uh, um, As I recall, it was something about 30 or 40 thousands a day of new cases
1: oh. oh, how much do you think are in the other countries?
0: So, other countries, I suppose, a couple of thousands uh, if we are talking about some major countries like uh, France, Germany, Italy so um, and uh, in something like us uh, something with population of about one or two millions i think something about a couple of hundreds
1: yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy times right now isn't it
0: yep exactly because the uh, numbers are arriving, but still it's it, it's pretty funny uh, how numbers are rising and uh, comparing to the first wave of the pandemic nothing is uh, changing like so dramatic uh, dramatic
1: dramatically Dramat- dramatically yep. Okay, and uh, so what are the measures that have been taken and uh, what are the numbers in different countries? What do you know?
0: So, um, as far as I know, so, so France has gone to the second national lockdown and the numbers in, uh, in France aren't so great as, for example, in Italy or for or the same Russia, but still France is 22,000 a day, so pretty much as well.
1: And uh, what are the the measures they're taking to stop it?
0: So, they're gone to a national lockdown. So, basically, non-essential shops, restaurants, bars, and so on are shut. But schools and crutches remain open. So, how do you think? Will that work? It's
1: interesting what they're doing. Basically, they're doing the same thing they've done on the first lockdown except for the schools like it's now not as drac- draconic as it was which is uh, interesting right like in the first wave they've been scared to let's say to death <laughs> and they actually restricted people like they did not allow people to exit their houses like for real but now they are doing like every every other country in Europe, they're allowing for the kids to go to the schools and for people to work. And, um, well, most other businesses, they're allowed to remain open. I think it's um, it's an interesting take regarding the fact that they've remained open and they did not close like they did. Uh, because in the first wave, they actually broken all of the freedom laws. You can say all of the they restricted all of the freedom of their citizens. Unlike France, actually wants to do, but now it's pretty freedom loving country, and right now they're like, okay, we understood our mistakes, and we see that it's not working. Yeah, you know, like people of our country, they do not like to be restricted, they like to be free, and so we do what we must, but right now we'll keep that in mind, that we should not um, take freedom of our people away from them, because we love freedom.
0: Okay, but still uh, social gatherings are banned, so they're taking a little piece of freedom away. But how do you think, will people get used to lockdown at least once in a while? I think um,
1: people will never get used to it because the times have changed. We're not living in the same type of the world as we lived, for example, even a hundred years ago. Or um, in case of our country and uh, neighboring countries, of post-Soviet countries, um, for like the last twenty years, maybe thirty, closer to thirty, yeah. Like we actually have not experienced such a restriction. We are not used to it. Like ex- specifically, our uh, generation, we are not type. We are not the types of people that will tolerate the fact that we are uh, restricted in our rights to move think do anything freely so i think people will never of this generation get used to the fact that we are restricted in any way Uh, specifically for this very actual thing uh, specifically the freedom of movement like freedom of movement will be never tolerated if i want to go to barber I will go to barber, if I want to go to school, to university, to study, I will go there. So this will be never tolerated.
0: So our generation is pretty freedom-loving, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 we are, we are.
0: But talking about barber, that's funny how how the lockdown is working in Latvia, because public places are closed right now, um, almost all of them, except barbers so essentially we're going to have a good haircut but we have nothing to go to with them
1: yeah 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 very pretty look pretty looking people but uh, without the chance to really show off this beauty beauty haircuts
0: (laughs) so okay let's proceed with the next country for example germany partial lockdown in november
1: yeah, it's um, really interesting that they actually went on a second lockdown with other countries. It's um, it says a lot about our European Union, right? Because they really don't have as much of a pressure to go into lockdown as do we or even France. Uh, I think they could they could stay open. For like um, another week or two, at least.
0: Okay, but still, there's interesting that cinema, theaters, gyms, pools, faunas and restaurants are closed, but same as with the front, schools, crutches are open, and also shops and hairdressers, so they're basically having the same mindset as people in Latvia, so they're going to have nice haircuts. Well, Actually I should
1: um, not agree agree with you because at least we have gyms open.
0: Okay. So basically we're gonna be not only beautiful but also fit.
1: <laughs> yeah, unlike people in Germany. But I I think they thinking about stereotypes, like it's it's very uh, it's very stereotypical to think of a Germans as like these um, overweight persons eating these um, very fat, fat, fa- fatty foods that are not really healthy and um, like, I, I don't know, to me, Germans, in my mind at least, like stereotypical Germans, should be a bit overweight.
0: Okay, so lots of beer and sausages. One of the most funny countries in Europe, Greece, has proceeded with SMS request to leave home. So, during the current lockdown, which runs until 30th November, people must get permission to leave home by sending SMS messages for daily requirements. So, Greece is having essentially the same rules as it was in Russia during the first lockdown. So, how do you think? Will this work and is it just a theater of security or will it actually work?
1: well you know it's um actually one of the most draconian as i've stated measures um similar to france and most of the other countries i think sms requests are very very similar to the france's first lockdown measures how they did not allow people to just freely exit from their homes and they and so they demanded from people to get these uh, cards, or I mean, like the more of a sheets of paper that allow you to exit from, from your house. And I think it's very similar to what Greece does right now from these SMS requests. What do you think? It's, it's similar?
0: I suppose, yes. Yeah. So breaking the constitutional rights of the citizens, quite popular among the eastern countries
1: you think Greece is an Eastern country?
0: Uh, kind of, yes, it's uh, one of the most closest to the Turkey, so the first Eastern country we know of in Europe.
1: Okay, okay, it's very interesting. Uh, but what do you think? Um, uh, not only Greece does that, but uh, other countries, uh, specifically even ours, they do not allow people to freely move around the city at least the demand for all of the public places to close after some certain time, like 9 to 10 to 11 uh, p.m., what do you think? Is it normal? Is it not even constitutional, but is it ethically normal and uh, even smart to ask people to not to do that? Too?
0: It's more constitutional than, for example, the same Greece or Russia who are restricting people's movement, but the same Latvia, they are restricting for places to work. So they are working not with the people itself, but they are working with the intention of people together. So we still can gather if we'd like, but uh, we don't have places where to. So essentially the result is the same, but only the methods vary. So our is more constitutional.
1: Well, it's interesting, but you still have not answered it to me. Does it uh, make sense? to not allow people to meet up with each other after like, let's say, 9 p.m.?
0: I'd say um, it has a little bit of sense because uh, people gathering, uh, because right now, if you'd like to socialize, you can socialize using the same social media, the same Zoom, Skype, and so on. But still, people prefer to gather even in such an awful times when uh, it's a great risk of catching the COVID.
1: Well, it always was a risk, always seeing some guy, dude, I don't know, your friend, close friend. Um, after some time you have not seen them, you have not seen them, excuse me, you risk to, well, contract a disease from him. There is still a chance, at, um, even at normal times, there was still that risk.
0: Kind of, yeah, but right now we're having COVID panic, so governments are doing all they can just to calm people down i'd say so i think um, if uh, it will make someone feel more secure let it be and so let's proceed with the next country italy red orange and green zones
1: this is interesting this is interesting um i think i've mentioned it Uh, i don't know Uh, but uh, like they're doing just just exactly the same thing they've done on the first on their first lockdown on their first pandemic wave that was interesting
0: but still uh, Italy is one of the most uh, one of the countries with the most amount of new cases per day for example for yesterday it was 37,000 new cases so it's pretty much this is
1: just the population of the small country of the Liechtenstein this is this, (laughs)
0: this is weird yes also almost the the whole country but also uh italians are very socialized people and they prefer mass gathering so it wa- it's logical that they're having such numbers
1: Well, oh, yeah um how do you think about the the zoning uh does it work does it make any sense to zone some most Affected areas and uh, the least affected areas and separate them. Th-
0: does it make any sense? It makes sense because um, it's one of the World Health Organization's recommendations. Um, according to any kind of pandemic or epidemic, so they're dividing territory into its fungi zones in order to stop the spread of the virus, bacterium, or fungus. So. If the World Health Organization does so, I suppose that Italy and other countries with the great amount of new cases per day can use that as well. Uh, for example, the same Milan, which is located in the north of the Italy, is uh, right now in the red zone simply because of the great amount of new cases per day. So they are closing everything they can.
1: Okay, I think we should proceed because our yep. podcast is getting very grim it's not it's not very great i think we should move on to the more interesting topic and more actual
0: okay well, let's let move to something more fun than COVID pandemic yeah w- w- what we what will be let's say playstation 5 launches in november so basically playstation 5 has already has already launched in the united states and right now the first pre-orders are being completed
1: oh interesting uh it's interesting that you've picked this topic because it fits into your previous podcast that I've listened to and uh, actually I very liked it because it was interesting uh, of consumerism.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I think you've mentioned that, it's that they are presenting their PS5 and or allowing their uh, product to be s- sold on the November or by the end of the november is because it's almost christmas eve and um, like in black friday and stuff and so people will buy more of it right
0: yeah exactly so they presented playstation 5 early this year they were presenting the logo they were presenting the gamepad but they began the selling so only in November, just because of the closest dates to the Christmas Eve, so one month in advance, so people could buy more and more. And they're not the only ones, so that's why we're having lots of new releases.
1: Uh, Tell me, PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 5 Digital Edition?
0: Okay, so PlayStation has two different variations, and I'd say that if you're going to buy the games as soon as they're released, I'd say you'd go with the digital edition cause um, there will no be discounts on the games as soon as they get released. But if you can wait for a month or two to get a used CD disc with the game, I'd say you'd go with non-digital edition cause it costs only 100 euros or dollars more than a digital one.
1: Oh, wait, why, why used one? Why
0: used one? Because it's cheaper. So some people can buy the disc um, right after the release and so as soon as they finish the game they for example they maybe would like to get rid of it so you can buy it with a great discount
1: oh it's interesting uh should i if i choose to buy this version should i search through the facebook marketplace for a new one for a new game
0: i suppose yes you you can because a lot of people are selling their cd discs uh, over there and also let's not forget about blu-ray because uh, um, if you're having a, a nice TV set at home, so you maybe like to watch some Blu-ray movies over there, and the PlayStation will do the job for you.
1: Yeah, it's one of the functions of the PC and also the all of the consoles, right? It's to watch the movies.
0: Yes, as far as I remember, the PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3 was actually used mostly as Blu-ray driver and not as a console. Because it was one of the most cheapest Blu-ray drivers you can actually buy. You
1: mean players?
0: Players, yes. Players. Oh,
1: okay, 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 I get it.
0: So um, the PlayStation 3 was just folding as a Blu-ray player and not as a console in the first place. So it was just a funny story.
1: Okay, I would like to know, before we go on, about your opinion on how it looks, on the looks, you know? Uh, I think... Everyone already has his opinion about how it looks, or that he doesn't care about how it looks. But uh, let's just, for the perfectionism's sake, let's talk about it also. Okay. What do you think?
0: Okay, so I think it looks uh, more futuristic, more more futuristic than uh, Tesla or something else. And I think that our houses and our homes are not ready for it, in a point of designer's view. Cause uh, if you're not living in something like uh, from the movie Throne or Cyberpunk, then uh, your house isn't ready. Cause mostly we're having our houses decorated from Ikea and Ikea isn't just ready in designer's point of view. And that's why I suppose Xbox is more like current generation. And PlayStation looks like more welcome from the future.
1: You know what's interesting? I just realized that maybe, Uh, The style of uh, Tesla's Cybertruck, uh, the PC5 look, um, a little bit from the Samsung fold, this futuristic look, this interesting, uh, we cannot understand uh, look, I don't know how to call it yet, maybe in a couple of years they will come up with a term for it, maybe it's the steampunk of today. Maybe it's uh, something that uh, people are striving to, but we will never achieve this. Like, this is the steampunk of today. We will never see anything like this in the future that is actually working and it's maybe applicable. But in some products, we will see this look as as a striving passion towards this. Um, i don't know steampunk of today what do you think
0: i think i suppose yes i suppose that we will not achieve this in the nearest future this look this look yes um and it's more like a fantasy it's like fantasy that's gone too far and gets released
1: yeah 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 yeah. oh okay it's interesting it's interesting that you agree with me (laughs) okay so do you want to very quickly discuss the characteristics and what do you think about them? So,
0: the characteristics are are pretty useful.
1: Uh, are they Are they comparable with the PCs of today, the, the cheaper PCs of today, like, I don't know, PCs for
0: like 400 uh, euros? I suppose uh, in terms of CPU and GPU, yes, but in terms of SSD, PlayStation has gone too far because the speed that, that they were presenting during one of their presentations, where they have described the, the the SSDs and the speed of the PlayStation, it's far from the top end.
1: It's far, far. So it's it's worse. It's, uh, is it worse? It's,
0: um, it's better. It's much better.
1: It's it's much better. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, what do you think? Um, will it load the games faster? And is it relevant at all? Like to play the. Um, Ever loading Dark Souls, uh, with it without it, like loading for an hour.
0: Um, I suppose it depends on the optimization because uh, if the game is really optimized for the PlayStation, as they were presenting, that uh, the loading screens will take just a second. But if the game will not be optimized, then I suppose that the loading screen will still appear, but it won't be it won't take so long to load.
1: Okay. Uh, so, I would suggest skip this part down and uh, I think we should move to the actual topic of today because people that have seen the thumbnail, uh, maybe if you load it to your YouTube okay. and uh, the name of the podcast, they would want to hear about what's coming up next.
0: So basically childhood.
1: Uh, yes, yes, so let's discuss the childhood, um, I think you should start, what do you, what do you, what would you remember from your childhood for today, what do you want to remember, uh, could you like start from the beginning, from the first days you actually can remember yourself,
0: so the earliest I can remember myself, I I suppose something like 5 or 6 years, and for some time I suppose that I remember even myself even younger, but that was just a a trick of mine because I have seen the photo and I have imagined um, my point of view in this photo. I was uh, very little and that's why I couldn't remember, but still. Uh, it's very interesting how the memory works if we are talking about childhood because uh, you cannot remember your full age For example, if I say what were you doing during when you were five years old you could recall only some major events But not uh, the whole year so as far as I remember it was different kinds of celebrations different kinds uh, of uh, fasts and the uh, I cannot recall the routine.
1: So you do not remember what you did on a daily basis when you were five years old?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Was it so bad? Was it so uninteresting that you couldn't remember it? Or you know that it was interesting, you were educated in your daily life, but it's just not... So it's not as big of a deal, so it doesn't, it did not leave as big of an impression on your life, on you, so you just forgot about it. So were you educated during your daily life or uh, just it's it's not as big of a deal to be educated in your just day-to-day life for you? It, in, the, in, in those days, of course.
0: In those days, it was a big part of my life and I was educating myself, and I was educated by my parents on a daily basis, so basically chess, math, and languages, that was all I was doing during this young age. Was it useful? Of course it was, but it's not the thing you'd like to remember when you get older.
1: You know what's interesting? What I remember about early you, we with Alexander went to the same class, to the same school, So basically I know him for at least all of the school. So it's 12, 12 years. Um, And um, I remember you for right now, let's say 15 or more 15 15 or 16 years. That is uh, not a lot because we were not uh, thinking beings uh for most of it (laughs) i I would say at least i consider myself to become uh a thinking being at 15 i don't know about you we will find out (laughs) shortly but um, from what i can remember from the early days you were one of those kids that were very very intelligent and uh, actually and actually thinking like Uh, actually those kinds of people that will achieve a lot just because they are well just because they they've been born like like this like they will always been smart like in those days um what would you say about this perspective were you thinking about becoming something great and what you wanted to achieve when you were like seven to eight years of age
0: when i was this age i uh, didn't think uh, about achieving something great i was just trying to catch the flow and to and to get through the school as, as far as i can get but right then i was uh, thinking about such professions as, for example a man. or like so a sailor sailor yeah so a sailor so you wanted to
1: become a sailor when you were 7 to 8 to, I don't know, 10. How, how old were you when you wanted to become it?
0: Um, it was like uh, preschool and something like first or the second form of school. So, 8, 9 years, I was thinking about that.
1: Interesting. Okay, I actually never knew. And uh, how did you think of this profession?
0: I was just thinking about that uh, simply because uh, it looked like Look like something romantic, like you're sailing just because you'd like to, you're sailor, you're captain, or something like that, and you're just doing the thing you'd like and you're traveling a lot. But reality is um, much more bitter than uh, yeah. the dreams.
1: Well, I think I still think that educated people can get into it, but <laughs> I think, yeah, you're not the, the type of a guy to, I don't know to become a sailor or become an engineer on the ship i think it's not for you I, I even think now that it's not for you so
0: me too i think i think the same way that's why i've chosen medicine
1: okay uh i have a question regarding your early days of uh, chess so you, you told me that yeah. you were doing the chess from the early from the early age yeah uh when did you start
0: i started as as far as i remember my father was learning how to play chess from the childhood so as far as i can remember since the first my days of born since you
1: were born like yes okay s-
0: since i was born i was uh, explained how to play chess because uh, my parents suppose that uh, it will help to I'll evolve into something like scientist or, or something in that direction just because uh, this chess, the chess play is a, a logical thinking game, and that's why they suppose that it's uh, important to develop this skill.
1: Oh, interesting. So, you actually started playing chess from, like, let's say, first year of your life?
0: not the first year but um, as soon as my movement has become intentional i think that yes
1: oh so it's a bit like mozart i think it's something similar to him like uh, not not in the chess of course <laughs> but uh, how he was taught to play music to play piano from like i don't know two to, to maybe three years of age
0: at least my parents wanted to to see that way and so i was uh... Explained how to play chess since the first days, and uh, even despite the fact I wasn't uh, ever interested uh, in the chess in the same way as my father did, still in, I played in a very decent level.
1: Yeah, I would never understand the passion of people to play chess. Not because I am dumb or something. At least I do not consider myself to be very dumb. <laughs> But I just could not find anything in chess to be, like, um, view-changing, like, perspective-changing. Like, it's not the game that will, for me at least, that will change your life, that you will think differently. Like, it's so complex, it's so unique. Uh, to me, it's always been a hobby. Like, I could play chess just for fun, but never... Like, I would never consider to even go professionally play it. And, um, just because I never maybe been in this environment, like I've been to other sports, like I've seen how you can become obsessed with the football, with the basketball, with the swimming, with the gymnastics. Uh, I've seen it all. I mean, what I've seen, I've seen. Um, and, uh. I couldn't understand and I still can understand how people can become obsessed like in these environments you just live with this, like you develop, you can uh, watch content, you can talk uh, not only to the community that surrounds you about it, but you can also see this um, community being represented on like even the social media of those days, but Chess, can you go to the camp? That plays chess like daily. That discuss the strategies. Can you do, uh, like a meeting, where you would all like show all of your chess skills, and everyone would, um, watch uh, how you play it. Can you can you just get into it without one of your parents being so obsessed that he just created this community that he creates this community just by being himself like around you can you just get into it like could i get into it right now
0: i think yes and uh, actually comparing chess to other sports i think that uh, that's not really true uh, if we're talking about sports but chess is the first game which became a sport same as for example uh, some of mmo rpgs right now so you can compare chess with the with the same Dota or League of Legends. So so basically, it's the first game which was presented in the sport market.
1: Okay, so you view chess as a game. You don't view it as a as a sport first and foremost, right? Yes. Oh, could you explain to me a bit because I see people get. Uh, I say I I use the word triggered. Uh, when um, you talk about MMO RPGs as a games and uh, I think I've seen people to be triggered when I say it's just a game, the chess. Um, but you uh, from what I understand, you achieved the status of grandmaster or something
0: N- not a grandmaster <laughs> not a grandmaster the... I've achieved level C which is four or five stages away from becoming a master in this game
1: oh okay so you're not like as high as i thought but uh, i mean it's still uh, i mean it's still unachievable for me and i think you even the closed eyes you could outplay me <laughs> so why is it uh, a game first and foremost for you and not a sport
0: because for me it's uh, it it's not an obsession as for example is for my father i suppose it's just uh, a a funny way to spend your time, the same as playing the same MMORPGs, but, but it's not uh, such a sport, because uh, uh, in order to become a sport you should be really obsessed about it. The same, uh, the same thing is um, with all other classical sports. Be- uh, people became a sportsman when they get obsessed over something, and so they uh, would like to improve themselves uh, in that sphere of life. And so that becomes, from the hobby, it becomes uh, really a sport. So sport is basically something professional. And I'm not the professional in in, uh, chess. So I find it uh, more like time-spending activity.
1: Wait, so did I understand you correctly? You say it's a game first and foremost because you cannot become a professional at it just by being obsessed? Am I am I right? This is this is how you
0: in order to become professional in the in the game, you should be obsessed over it. Uh, And if you are not obsessed, then it's just a game for you. Same as uh, it's just a game. It's just a hobby. Same as with um, any other sport. For example, I'm running uh, on a weekly basis, but still, um, I'm not such a sportsman. I'm not professional in running because it's just a hobby for me. But if I get professional about it, if I get obsessed about it, I will become professional then.
1: Oh, so you view it as a game because it's very subjective because you it's, it's only for you, the game, right? yes. yes. okay, so exactly. you don't have any objective like uh, reasons why it's a game. Yeah yes. in, exactly. Oh okay, okay, I see. I think we can move on. because i'm interested in a couple of things um as well yep um so how was it in the school in those days like in the i don't know let's say to the fifth grade
0: to the fifth grade i was obsessed with learning and um, all i did uh, during my free time and during during the school days all i was doing i was studying and i really liked it i'd say because I loved getting new information. It was, it was something interesting and it was something so ensuring that I can really know something that uh, other people can teach me. And uh, they loved it really much. But after the fifth grade, it became... Uh, a chore. A, a chore, yes. <laughs>
1: oh i see i see um it's interesting because i've started maybe to reason more or maybe i just started to visit school more um but i noticed how you changed from this uh, person that really enjoys learning or at least one of those people you were one of those people that were really into learning, really into understanding, really into getting good marks to this person that really tries to run away from this school, that tries to maybe try something new, that uh, tries to get into into this company of cool kids. Um, So when did the shift happen exactly after the 5th grade?
0: after the fifth grade i think that uh, that shift uh, became after the fifth grade One, i understood that you cannot know all the information in the world and you should specialize in something you, you should choose your path and you cannot be specialized in uh, all of the spheres of life and that's why i began searching of my path and uh, that's why it became for me a chore oh So
1: just right after the fifth?
0: Approximately, yes. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, what were you exactly looking for? And what uh, did you allow yourself to get into? Like, uh, were you one of those um, stereotypically creative people that could, well, as much as you could in the sixth grade, uh, get into the bad company that, mm, I don't know, maybe tries alcohol? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that uh, paints the walls of the buildings uh, specifically the historical buildings like uh, what was your uh, maybe boundary like uh, what what was uh, when did you set the boundaries and what were they like what could you allow yourself to do or not to do
0: I was just throwing some new information and uh, there was very strict boundaries around me which were built by my parents and so uh, i couldn't allow myself a lot of things simply because i was not allowed to do a lot of things
1: but were you prepared to do all of those things you you were not allowed to do uh,
0: i suppose no because still the influence of parents during this age is very great and that's why uh, the boundaries were set and uh, i couldn't overstep it even uh, if i suppose i'd like to
1: and you adhered to all of them yeah yeah Yeah. okay
0: so i just tried different different types of information in order to find my path
1: so were there any moments that you actually crossed the boundaries and you understood that like for yourself yeah this time that yeah maybe i should go back to those boundaries
0: no there wasn't because um, I was never given a chance to overstep these boundaries
1: okay so what boundaries are we talking about like what were you not allowed to do
0: for example I had um, really limited uh, spare time and uh, all the time after school I was spending just um, on my way to ho- on my way home and... what,
1: what was your typical day after school like at what time did you end finish the school and uh, how did it look for you, before you went to sleep?
0: For example, um, if we're talking about a typical day, so let's say I finish school at uh, at 1 p.m., and so I have one hour on my, uh, on my way home, and right after that I began doing my homework. And uh, actually I didn't have so much of a f- spare time, free time, so not lots of time for hobbies. So everything was... How did
1: you get home? By bus. But so by yourself?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I uh, had a walk home. So- sometimes I just liked walking along distances. It's still one of the things that uh, left from my childhood that I liked walking.
1: Uh, so it's still in your life?
0: Yes, I liked walking. And uh, when I'm meeting with some of my friends, even with you, especially with you, mm-hmm. we're walking a lot.
1: Yeah, I've noticed it. I've noticed. <laughs> Could you tell me how much time in the 6th grade you've spent uh, on the homework?
0: Uh, on the homework I didn't spend much time, but I spent all of the time at home. So.
1: You did not spend a lot of time on the homework?
0: I suppose no, because the homework wasn't so tough. And that's why the homework was done um, in an hour or two and the rest of the time was spent I don't know procrastinating basically oh were you reading yes i was reading something something i could uh, i could find on the internet for example because um it actually in the sixth or seventh grade was the time when i have bought my first electronic book you yes uh,
1: what money where the money come came from
0: from my parents of course i have uh, had savings and uh, the electronic book cost Costed that time uh, 15 euros so it was that it was the money that i had and that was the time when i f- firstly had access to all of the libraries in the world so all of the books i could find on the internet i was able to read
1: okay so what were you reading if you had an access to all of the books in the internet on the internet
0: so i skipped classics at once because i <laughs> i didn't like it I didn't like it, especially Russian classics, and so it was um, something for fun. I, I can't remember the books I was reading, but uh, it was just an entertainment for me, because I, I didn't have such an access to to the internet as my comrades.
1: Yeah, I uh, remember from those days that uh, this is the first time I've actually got... got got an access to the PC so it means I got a personal computer at around well let's say 11 10 yeah I got I got an access my first time I accessed it was at 9 so this is where my one of the nicknames uh, just Maxim 9 comes from Um, there was actually one Uh, when I was 7 years of age but that was uh, that was just a random access so yeah my proper access when I got to the pc myself and I was allowed to browse everything was 11 at around 11 and I remember even in those days uh we we started to chit chat with people and And actually chat with people and talk with people on Skype in those days and uh, we played uh, I think we played a lot of Minecraft it was in alpha back then Um, for reference it was in 2009 2010 so Minecraft was just in alpha and uh, it was about to release and as you can imagine, in 2009, and 2010, it was, uh, well, the early days of the internet in uh, post-Soviet Europe, for sure. And even early days in the best in Europe, I think. I think uh, uh, Facebook was not as popular as it was in uh, as 2012, yeah, as it was in 2010 like uh, i mean uh, it was more popular in 2012 like everyone had an account on facebook in 2012 but in 2010 2009 facebook was still like in early days i think
0: at least you were playing something that was released later because uh, i personally have played only browser games and you they were very corny they still are very corny i have visited some of the websites and they still exist i don't know who plays them who, who plays it but uh, they still exist
1: uh maybe for those who will listen and they actually play these games what were they um
0: icarium Gripolis, uh, the west yeah and something not so well known but uh, they it was browser games uh, the tanks, also not the world of tanks, but the thing that was before the browser game, uh, the tanks online. Oh, yes. Uh,
1: from what I can remember, actually, when I got my first access in 2009, it wasn't my personal PC, and uh, it was actually uh, the PC at the library. And um, back then, we played um, like these types of games that were online and um it was a very weird era like at the time we thought it was so cool like uh nothing can be more cool than that i think uh like even ps ps1 ps2 uh, their games they were like so corny so weird so like uh, it wasn't as fun as those um, games online in the browser, I remember Adventure Quest, I remember uh, something Diablo, something Dra- Dragon, something something like this. And like, uh, they were so cool, like uh, there was so much uh, numbers, there were so many cool drawings, like the animations in those games, There were terrible, there were none almost like i think uh anyone anyone who is doing uh any web design or even it or anything like that they could uh, program like these games in like uh well let's say a week like easily maybe even in a day if they have models for the characters it was so basic but it was like nothing of the sort, like there there was nothing, like all of those games 3D, yeah, in PS2, they were just so, so undeveloped, they they, they were just models, yeah, there was no no text, no weight behind the movements, and uh, in these games, everything you did, uh, you could see the actual outcome in numbers, yeah, like these numbers, the introduction of so many numbers into the system it changed a lot like and i know that a lot of the rpg games that are on pc they came out like in the thousands and i can only imagine those people that got access to those yeah like even earlier than we did to our browser games like it was such a mind-shattering event like it's it's unimaginably good like you can use mathematics to entertain yourself like yeah it's so cool like it's still like it's still interesting because of this element of mathematics of so many numbers Mm
0: -mm, that's funny (laughs) <laughs> uh, do, do you have the same experience? The, the thing that I really liked about these games is actually the graphics, because uh, I could uh, redraw it. Because uh, um, I have used to take some pictures from these games, some drawings, and, have, and I have recreated them on a the paper. And that was uh, a part of gaming experience, actually. Because uh, you felt a like a part of this community, you felt a, like a part of this game. And that's actually the thing which cannot be recreated by, uh, by the games today because uh, now the gaming experience ends um, with your PC or your PlayStation. But so essentially now the gaming experience has, um, has not widened but uh, it's become more narrow.
1: More narrow in what aspect?
0: In the aspect that, uh, that right now uh, when you're gaming you uh, uh, for me at least I'm, if I'm gaming and when I'm gaming I'm not so dedicated to the game as I was before because before d- due to the lack of graphics due to the lack of everything the gaming experience has widened uh, much more further than just uh, a PC or PlayStation itself
1: yeah I think it's just changed the perspective the perspective have changed you have um you have already some things in your life that take up your mental space you don't need all of this um, number junk in your head you don't need to calculate well if i buy this item will it positively affect my stats or not Uh, now we want something more of a a europe track simulator (laughs) yeah where you just drive a truck or uh, maybe uh, no man's no man's earth or how was what was the game yeah that yeah. you flow around uh, on these planets and you land in there and just collected some
0: ores. how was it no man's earth no, no man's sky no man's sky yes and or the death stranding where where it's just a delivery guy simulator
1: <laughs> yes like um you just want games like this and maybe uh, this is why we see the rise in the in popularity of those games because like the people that grew up on these overstimulating games like we just want to settle down and uh and just relax we don't need all of this and uh, maybe generation alpha will grow up um on this perspective that all of the games are over overstimulating and uh, only these uh, like tracks similar they are like these cool new types of games and maybe the next generation will be more calmer
0: so you say that uh, for our generation games are more like something meditative
1: a meditative yes yeah, for med- sure like uh, we grew up on the games that very stimulated the brain like we be, we grew up being so uh, over stimulated in the on the games like games really uh took up our mental space and uh, i still think that um unlike today's kids that have this uh, over stimulating youtube <laughs> yeah the games are still the prevalent part of life and i think those people that will go on like um people that are like i don't know nine to ten years 11 years of age uh they will at some point um discover these games yeah that are not as stimulating they are more relaxing and they will just and they will hone hone this uh, feeling yeah, of being relaxed, of being calm uh, because it's so indie it's so um, it's so out of the norm for them, yeah, like like these stimulating games were out of the norm for us, so g- they, they will naturally more gravitate towards it, yeah, because the forbidden fruit is uh, sweeter and um, maybe maybe not sure because uh, if you go on uh, youtube kids <laughs> it's so much stimulation for the brain but maybe the next generation will be a bit different they won't be as expressive uh at least uh, in our standards yeah they will be more closed up but they will be still as thinking yeah because uh, people that that play video games at an early age they for sure are more uh, more thinking, more creative thinking even so I think there will be an interesting change in perspective and we should just expect it to happen
0: so okay well, let's proceed I think to the next topic
1: uh, what would you like to talk about?
0: Oh, well, I don't know let's Say today's dreams.
1: Today's dreams. Yes. Um,
0: what are your dreams? My dreams are pretty, pretty simple. Just to to graduate from a university and to get that uh, MD degree.
1: MD degree. Yes. It's so it's so simple, yes. but yet so tough to achieve. Yes. Wow. Uh, how do you view it? MD is a hard degree to achieve, or is it?
0: Or is it just built to be so tough? I suppose um, historically it was very tough to become an MD and after that both history and the uh, new technologies have has, uh, merged and they have evolved um, into what we have right now. What do you have right now? Right now we're having uh, a really tough study with the mixture of new technologies and with the mixture of uh, the whole scientific results we are having as, uh... as we develop as we develop, yeah
1: oh, oh, I see do you think um, the technology makes it tough to become an MD like we can uh, we can say more precise things, we shouldn't be as we- vague as as um, previous generations were like we have to state precisely uh, how much liters does the heart pump for example or um, maybe we should calculate how much precisely oxygen is being used up or uh, something else makes it more difficult so right now than it was before
0: i suppose that uh, the complexity of today's science and the complexity of medicine, because medicine is a mixture of biology, chemistry, a little bit of physics, a little bit of uh, thermodynamics, mechanics, and so on and so on. And, and really this mixture makes the medicine really tough, because um, you should not only know the facts, but you also should understand a lot of con- concepts from different types of science. And so this mixture makes this, uh, the medical science really tough but we shouldn't know
1: them as deeply as a biologist chemist or a physic physicist would know them Like these concepts like we would take them for granted mostly
0: mostly yes but still um, if you draw like, when you will be studying for your next degree when will you be specializing uh, into something then you you should know it very very deeply deeply yes and and so that today's science has made the, the medicine really tough because it is evolving and it is evolving in all fears
1: do you think uh, studying medicine is for everybody or is it not
0: i suppose that you should really like medicine because i have um, example of a person who who doesn't love medicine who uh, who even devoured in in this fear he is not desired he, he is not desired at all he
1: ha, ha, what why and not uh like it's not that um uh, he doesn't desire this place in this industry but this industry doesn't desire him yes to be a part of it why ha,
0: ha, because why? because this person he, um, he doesn't he, he doesn't love what, what he would do, and, and I suppose that he he would like to do something else. I know that he would like to do something else, and that medicine uh, isn't just for everybody, and, the, and it isn't for him as well, because um, you should be really passionate uh, about the thing you do. And, and so
1: his uh, peers and his... Um professors they notice it and reject him in that sense
0: kind of yes and and that's why so it leads us to the result that medicine isn't for everybody because it's a tough uh, path to choose and you should choose it wisely
1: do you have any other dreams except of becoming uh, an md because uh, at one one day you will achieve this dream and uh, then it's not a dream anymore, so uh, do you have anything else or is this the sole factor that uh, motivates you?
0: Of course, there is also uh, such an interesting dream, let's say to find ge- geographical place to be like, I know that I'm I'm right now living in Latvia but I know that this place isn't geographically for me, I'd, I'd like to move somewhere else and uh, and so the dream is to find the place on Earth where I'd like to stay for a long time.
1: So you want to find the place where you belong.
0: Kind of yes.
1: And um, what are you looking for? Like I, I have the same question basically as um, in the instance of your boundaries. Like, uh, what are the boundaries uh, you're ready to you're ready to get into, and um, really like what what are you looking for what what is it
0: i'm looking for first of all the right climate for me because i know that i couldn't exist in a hot climate so in a hot in hot yeah uh, in warm climates yeah uh, in in very warm climate so something cold something with the with such calm population nothing so exotic so uh, for me, right now, it's something like uh, north of America, Canada, Norway, or something like that.
1: Hmm. So you're looking for something that is not that is not so populated.
0: Not mandatory, but uh, basically, I prefer the less crowded areas to less crowded. Yes.
1: So it's um, this is a thing you're looking for. And it's not as strict, but you really would like to settle in the place that is not very populated. It's not um, absolutely needed, but you really want it.
0: Yes, exactly. Because I like my personal boundaries.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. So, from what I understand, from what I can see, you would really like to settle into the place that is very far into the north, that is not very populated, you would like to become an MD, but uh, would you settle into the village, like in an actual village, without universities, without big hospitals, like, would you like to live in a place, uh, I um, will suggest it, it's not specifically this, but it's a good uh, example, uh, Svalbard. Yes, the nor- northernmost uh, town in the world. Uh, would you settle in a place like this? It fits the criteria. And uh, as an MD, of course.
0: Yes, but but also at the same time, I'd like to be uh, at the place where the civilization has uh, really come to and, and which is really advanced in some kind of, so not, not the village, so some kind of town but not so, but not overpopulated.
1: So towns like Toronto, Ontario? Yes, yes. Uh, like these? Yes. But they are big towns. They are with the skyscrapers and all.
0: Yes, but uh, but skyscrapers don't afraid me. Uh, I prefer not to be in a very overcrowded places, something like Moscow, where the people are basically every, on every step uh, in the town, in the city, and so i don't like it
1: so like toronto and yes. ontario are yes. the perfect fits for you yes
0: or seattle
1: how hard is it to achieve uh, this dream like oh, oh, or are they achievable
0: it depends on the country if we're talking about norway or sweden it's uh, pretty easy for a european union citizen but if we're talking about canada or the united states it's uh, it's tough work
1: well they're easy okay sure they're hard work also okay sure but are they achievable specifically for you will you achieve your dream uh, like uh, becoming an md and uh, i don't know i just like it more uh, and then going and settling into the toronto is it, is I, it achievable i hope so <laughs> uh no like i i think are you am. are
0: you sure yes yes, i am
1: <laughs> yeah the inside joke uh, so you will achieve your dream
0: sooner or later, yes.
1: Sooner or later. Uh, what is it uh, the later?
0: The later, for example, I'd like to stay in Latvia for the further learning and for the further specializing in different subjects. So
1: for a residency, yes. basically. Yes. For residency and so like by your thirties. Yes. Yeah. Is, is the later.
0: Um I think yes or would you
1: would you go to the Toronto
0: in your 50s? I think yes. You would. Yes, um it it depends uh, on the sphere of medicine I'd like to choose because right now um all of this all of it uh, are located around the brain, around the human's brain but on different aspects.
1: Different aspects, uh, like what, like the epi- epidermal, <laughs> I don't know, like uh, what aspects of the brain, like... Uh... Um,
0: anatomical, pathological, or for example, psychological and uh, in psychiatry, in, in this field of view. Oh,
1: so the internal and the external Kind of, yes. Aspect. I see.
0: So the brain fascinates me, but uh, I don't know uh, which part to choose in... Uh...
1: To specialize in... To specialize in, yes yeah okay i see so then uh, what is the sooner like what is the soonest you would be ready to well let's say let's say you got um, even now yeah even if you choose right now like if you got an opportunity to further to go further study to continue your studies in medicine in toronto um At what time or at what year or when would you be ready the soonest to go to Toronto?
0: The soonest um, in a couple of months.
1: In a couple of months? Yes. So if somebody from your listeners (laughs) or maybe from the social media would write you and say, Hi, I am uh, the representative of the university of toronto and uh he would suggest to you to take a scholarship and travel to the toronto to continue your studies in medicine in there so you say to me that you would take this chance
0: yeah i do
1: okay um what is stopping you from uh, doing this right now
0: right now the financial state because uh, they moving to the other country, especially if we're talking about North America, it will cost a lot and so the financial aspect is very important and uh, also for now I'm not very sure about my knowledges
1: your knowledge overall.
0: Yes, yes. and so I, I should research more in different spheres
1: i think we can uh, move to the next topic yeah sure um so regarding your videos yeah <clears throat> um you know this there there exists this uh, kind of genre on youtube and uh, in the social media of uh, overproductive people
0: yes at in the gram community <laughs>
1: yes uh people like this what they like to do they um They show this um, kind of living, this way of living, that is not achievable to most of us. And uh, I'm not saying uh, the motivational problem, yeah, Like, like motivation is the problem, yeah, why we cannot live like this. They're showing the kind of way of living that is really not practical to live, like... For example, they were they would um, very oftenly show how they wake up every day at I don't know crazy crazy times like four, five, 6 a.m, even in the ho- on the holidays, like uh, how they would study for like I don't know five hours nonstop like like crazy crazy, crazy amounts of time and um they would show show how they exercise every day like they would show how they read books even when they've studied all of the all all the day they would show how they effectively cut and um, like prepare videos for the next day like they will they will show just something that our brains are not uh, capable to do really like
0: so when you're talking about toxic productivity
1: yes exactly like this is generally yeah this is what I wanted to say like th- this is just toxic and uh, in one of your videos what I specifically specifically wanted to discuss is um there is a moment or um uh, you're showing how you're waking up at 5 a.m. on the July of 30th. Yes. So it's even before the school, the university yeah. lecture, lectures have started. Uh, why? And uh, did you wake up today at 5 a.m.?
0: I wake up almost every day at 5 a.m. Uh, and uh, it's simply because I like the mornings. I like to study during the morning uh, while while other people are sleeping because right then I can really feel that I, I can be more productive than uh, during the days off.
1: And um, the productivity, is it needed? Do you need this productivity in, your, in the days that you are not working or studying?
0: Actually, yes, because it gives me the feeling of uh, of being something special something more than usual and uh, i suppose that uh, the same feeling is uh, felt by other people from the same studygram community or something like that because people uh, want more more hours uh, in the in a day and so um, by waking up at crazy times something like 5 a.m they make this time possible for them to use so
1: it's it's available you're just um... Making more time in a day. Yes. Uh, So in this video, what you're doing next is you're meditating. Are you still meditating? Have you meditated today?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: You've meditated.
0: Yes, in the morning, I begin the morning with with a bottle of water and meditation.
1: Uh, Did your meditating skills have improved since you
0: started? You definitely because right now it's uh, much easier uh, to get concentrated um, on the breath work and not to get uh, loose somewhere in your brain. So
1: what you're doing next Next in the video you're journaling. Uh, yes. Why do you journal?
0: Because it's the way to uh, to express uh, on the paper. Because um, it, it's the way uh, to leave um, the physical trace of your thoughts in the physical world and not just simply in your brain
1: oh just to see how you're uh, like to see these traces your thinking so you thought of one thing and associated with the other and you just want to see
0: yes and uh, exactly the thing that um, that you can uh, later return to it and to and to look for for something in your brain on the physical paper is just uh, very relaxing could you
1: give me an example of you journaling? What are the thoughts and what would you like to see between these thoughts or how do you associate them? Uh,
0: for example, my, oh, my attitude towards uh, somebody.
1: Uh, give me an example. Uh,
0: for example, uh, my, my attitude towards the, uh, my course uh, it, sometimes it's really complex I I both like and dislike them at the same time I may like and dislike them and so essentially by uh, by putting the thoughts on the paper I can understand what I really feel and uh, and what is really useful and what should I leave and what uh, should I not leave.
1: So basically you're waiting, waiting uh, pluses and minuses? Kind of yes. And uh, just uh, when you see that pluses dominate you just... Uh... Swipe away all of the minuses, and by that you're leaving all of the pluses, yeah, because they overweight. Kind of, yes. What is your today's daily highlight?
0: Today is um, writing a podcast.
1: Today is the writing a podcast? Uh, Yes, record. Uh, What will be, oh no, let's say, what was your yesterday's daily highlight?
0: The path colloquium in microbiology.
1: Have you passed?
0: Uh, I have written it. (laughs) And I don't know if if I have passed. Do you still run daily? Not daily, but weekly. But weekly? Yes.
1: How much do you run at what time?
0: Uh, Around 5 kilometers per day. uh, Per week. Per week. And uh, in what time? Um, Usually in the evenings. Because in the mornings I like to work more.
1: What did change... You haven't been like this all of your life, right? Do I understand yes. correctly, yes? Uh, what have changed since you implemented this technique of, uh, of living? Like, living um, by thinking. Yeah, like you're living very thoughtfully. Yeah, but what, what have changed?
0: Um, it have, it gave me the feeling of uh, insurance in the, in the next step. So um, by by doing something a routine, it gives me the feeling that uh, all of my day is planned and that I can let go uh, some parts of my life and I can concentrate on something specifically. So essentially, uh, by by making something a routine, it makes this part of the day automatic. And by doing something automatic, you can concentrate on more important things.
1: And uh, this is how it works for you.
0: Yeah. I like
1: how you use the word insurance, because uh, this is the name of your podcast, insured. insured, insured so yeah. can we can we speculate that your podcast name came from the fact that you became insured in your way of living? Kind of yes. Okay, so on this note, I would like to ask you to take a test. Okay. And um, once you finish it, we can uh, continue discussing uh, the topics that are lying ahead. And uh, for those of you who are interested in what we have talked about, it's uh, one of the Alex's videos on his YouTube channel uh, called uh, Productive One Day Routine During the Days Off and um it's uh, actually one of your most popular videos uh, it's interesting right ha- have you expected it
0: no i don't
1: <laughs> yeah so and um if you're listening to the podcast and you would like to maybe see more for yourself of uh, this beautiful person you can check his uh, content out um by typing in the productive one day routine during the days off into the youtube search bar and uh we'll take the
0: test yep sure
1: and um we've passed the test i mean the alex has passed the test and uh, for those of you who will be interested in uh, trying out this test for yourself um where will you leave the li- link for the test
0: mm, i think i mean instagram also in short, in point shur.ed.
1: Yes, and uh, will you leave it uh, in YouTube or will it not be uploaded to YouTube? I
0: suppose not.
1: Okay, so you will leave uh, the link to the to the test on your Instagram. Yep. Yeah. So this is the chance for you to subscribe to Alex's Instagram. Uh, which you will find where Well, can they find the Instagram
0: I'm, I'm on the YouTube channel in the description boxes
1: so go to the Alex's um, YouTube which is um, Alexander Shore. Alexander Shore, and there you will find uh, the Instagram link where you yep. can find this test to try it out for yourself so what was the test about so what, what was there
0: so essentially it was about art and yeah, It was about what you really like in art, realism, photorealism, abstract, linear, painterly, masculine, feminine.
1: Uh, how did they find out that you like these things? So what did they do? Uh,
0: they gave two opportunities. They, uh, the first one was, for example, uh, something more masculine, uh, for example, shapes in industry or, and so on, and the second one was more feminine, so, for example, some flowers, some females in dresses and so on.
1: And uh, they give you like two paintings and you had to choose one.
0: And you had to choose which one you like more. Mm-hmm. Or neither of them.
1: Yes, and uh, what are your results? Uh, like what does the test say about you?
0: So, they've definitely says that I like more masculine than feminine. So. Yes. I like more realistic than abstract and um, comparing linear base versus painterly it's uh, the results are not definitive they're
1: not definitive yeah okay so the most definitive about you uh, from this test is that you're very masculine in your art preferences exactly does this carry over to your overall preferences in your life
0: Mm, i'd say yes i like more masculine things But still, I don't hesitate in some feminine things as well.
1: Uh, What are the things then that are feminine, that one can consider feminine, yes, but you enjoy or maybe you prefer?
0: For example, um, I prefer, uh, let's say, some line art or some line art tattoos, which are considered more feminine. I I wouldn't like them, I I wouldn't like to have them, but but I really like and enjoy uh, seeing them. For example, in the same Instagram account.
1: So, you're saying that you like uh, like lines drawn on you? What, uh, what is
0: it? No, um, liner tattoos, uh, the fine lines, um, is exactly um, the type um, of tattoos which are made using uh, very fine lines and they look um, uh, very good uh, on uh, women. But, uh, but uh, I like the looking them, I, I like the, the view. But uh, I don't. Uh, but I wouldn't like to have one.
1: Okay. So what uh, would uh, the listeners need to look up to see this uh, this kind of tattoos uh, for themselves? What do they
0: should search in Google? Um, just uh, find line tattoos in, and then um, just in Google Images, they will appear. Okay.
1: Uh, is there anything else? No. Really, no. So, this is the only feminine thing about you? I'd say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, the test was correct then? Kinda, yes. Okay. um, uh, How do you like this test and how do you think um, about these kinds of tests overall?
0: It's it's pretty interesting to pass this test, uh, um, which doesn't have uh, incorrect answers. Yes. So. It would be funny. So
1: you are used to the kind of tests that that have incorrect answers. Yes. Yeah, and you can score badly. Yes, exactly. Okay, uh, it's a Facebook test. Yeah, kinda. Uh, I think Cheddar Cheddar does these kinds of tests or something like. That. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Cheddar, like cheesy. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's very it's very appropriate as the name goes. Okay. So we've passed the test. I've—it uh, actually was my idea. This is why I'm so interested in this. And uh, my second idea, what I wanted to talk uh, about uh, with you, is um, actually a callback to the beginning of the podcast uh, when you stated that you were educated in languages. Yep. What were they?
0: Um, English, German, Latin, and Russian
1: so you from the early ages know or at least you were educated in four languages uh
0: mostly in three of them and the fourth one was uh, during the school times
1: uh which was the fourth one german german yeah. okay um so you know basically uh in our perspective at least you know two languages that are foreign
0: mm, yes kind of one is native and three of them are foreign
1: Three of them. Three yeah. of them for you are foreign. Which of them are foreign for you?
0: Latvian, English, and German.
1: Uh even though you live in Latvia. Even though. Even though. Yeah. Okay. Uh which uh which language are you the most profound at? Like, which is the best language for you?
0: Right, mm, say English, because um, it's most simple and complex at the same time.
1: Oh, uh, what what is complex about it?
0: for example uh, the the shakespeare uh, how, it wrote, uh, how, work, he, he. how he wrote his uh, how he how he wrote his works is um, is the perfect example of the complexity of the english of the english language and at the same time the english language is pretty simple if we are talking about everyday language
1: but uh, shakespearean language is more of a early modern language it's it's not uh, it's not the same
0: yeah. Yes. As, as
1: uh, today's
0: Yes, but still it can be used uh, If it can be used and you can understand it So the, this part of language is alive
1: It's very interesting It's a very interesting perspective I will not um, I will not uh, try to discuss it With you because um, Well, I, I'm I not uh, A philologist so I, I cannot and talk tango.
0: <laughs> um What about uh, the German? German German language I... I cannot say that I dislike it, but it's not one of my favorite languages.
1: Oh, why have you studied it?
0: Uh, Simply because uh, I was put uh, in the uh, the school where the German language was the first foreign one. So... So you had no choice? I had no choice.
1: I see, I see. Ah, So you would... um, So you would... No, I, I paraphrase myself. So you are viewing your second language
0: as English. I'd say yes.
1: And uh, what about the German and Latvian? Which uh, which of those is uh, closer? It's more, yeah, it's more appealing to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Latvian.
1: Latvian is more than so. Yes. The German is just a nuisance that uh, appeared in your life
0: german is just um, a checkbox to mark like i know german
1: okay <clears throat> i have um, also another topic i've prepared another topic for today which um, i would like to discuss with you sure. it's um, it's actually a total callback to all of every, everything we've discussed before this like uh, the languages, your childhood, your um, interests in life, yeah, your early interests in life, uh, your dreams, yeah, everything of this um, is culminating in uh, you becoming a doctor with a certain amounts or certain types of skills and uh, certain knowledge, and. Um, For this I would like to know what is being a doctor to you specifically? Uh, Is it a calling? Is it uh, a selfless duty of sorts where uh, you're doing this because you know your skills are needed in the society so you want to become a doctor? Or maybe it's uh, for the personal gain like um, for your whole life you lived miserably uh, I don't know for what reason specifically but um, you just understand that uh, being a doctor is a status first and foremost for you and so it brings not only the social wealth yeah in, in all of the aspects yeah like material like uh, like social acceptance like uh, the social wealth. Yeah, so it's a personal gain for you, you're gaining, you're just doing this because you're uh, this schemer who really thinks about every decision he makes. Or is that a weighted decision that you made that you just, yeah, I see that I am good at this, this, this and this, so that would mean that I'm. I would be good at being a doctor. But it's uh, not the only thing I can do in my life.
0: So I'd say that becoming a doctor for me is a weighted decision because I have chosen this path intentionally. Uh, Maybe it's a calling, but I cannot be for sure for now.
1: Uh, Why you cannot be sure?
0: Just because uh, calling uh, is a strong word to use for a medical student who is not a doctor for now. Oh, if if or when I'll be a doctor, then uh, I'd say whether it is my calling. But for now, it's a weighted decision um, of choosing the the path in uh, these type of signs. And yeah, that's it. So, on finishing today's special podcast with the last subject, which will be study during lockdown and Christmas mood. How do you feel about studying during lockdown? Well, you know, you've hit the tough spot
1: because. Um it's 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 very it's very hard it's very hard to study um on the lockdown because well not because i am such a student that really um really likes to go to university and i'm so motivated and i'm so smart and i can do everything and i'm i just want to go to the university and prove myself no like i'm lazy i know that and uh, i really and i really uh, like the feeling of being in university because this laziness this uh, stupidity of mine it's um, at least being tested and uh, um, i don't have any other choice when i'm in university i must study and uh, i must do something of myself and during these times it's it's just impossible it's just impossible to do anything uh, and stay motivated for long periods of time so for me i study like in sessions like three days of hardcore study or even maybe a week before the colloquium or the well or the small exams you can call them like this if you have never heard of this word and then after that, just uh, total relaxation, which is not relaxing because I, at every minute of this um, day that I'm relaxing, I keep reminding myself that I should not, I should not relax. I should study. I should continue learning, but um, there is just there is just not enough motivation to like keep going it's not worth it really i don't know just there's something missing what is your experience
0: for me it's pretty similar as i was mentioning before in my previous episodes of the podcast that it's really difficult to study to to both study and relax in the same room and uh, i find it um, really interesting experience which i uh, wouldn't like to live through again in my further life yeah so and following to the last subject christmas mood do you have one today is the first day of minus degree in celsius so minus one have you
1: specifically wanted to ask this question after such a depressing topic of uh, study during the lockdown
0: of course And keeping in mind that uh, supposedly the next special episode will be very close to the Christmas Eve. Uh,
1: Well, you know that when you are studying in the medicine university, or at least in the medicine, or at least you're studying medicine, let's say that, you are not allowed to have fun. (laughs) <laughs> because none no one nobody will understand if you say that you've rested for a day like we will try like uh, all of your peers will try to understand you they will try to be em- emphatic, emphatic about it but um In all actuality, everyone will despise that you rested. Everyone would get uh, so aggravated because they did not allow themselves to have this one day of rest. And you did. And um, it's um, not uh, because uh, medical community is toxic. It's not because of this. No, uh, it, it is. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not uh, the reason why people will get mad at you because you've rested for a day no just everyone understands how important it is to repeat uh, the same information daily how important it is to be prepared for every session because um if you're not prepared like uh, everyone will remind you how in future you must be prepared at all times like Like, and it's understandable, in a sense. So, and during this time of uh, lockdown, of uh, loss of the motivation, of um, such a procrastinating, at such a procrastinating time, you just daily remind yourself that you have to study, and uh, there's just no time to think about christmas just um, i'm not saying it to maybe brag for some people or even to maybe uh, cry about it necessarily it's just that there's no way we can experience christmas being a medical student like at these times because i can imagine myself learning in advance yeah if it was a normal year but uh, not not this year not in this situation because I'm resting so much that uh, holidays are not achievable for me Uh, what is your experience
0: it's pretty similar because the responsibility I have and the commitment. I have, um, as a medical student, as a person who studies medicine in these difficult times, and so the Christmas mood hasn't come for me yet. But I hope that at least during the 24th of December, I will have at least an hour or two of fun.
1: Uh, it sure it, for sure, there will be that uh, that hour, um, and uh, for those of you who who has any interest. In um, medicine and uh, maybe your medical student yourself in um, any direction like if you're a nurse student or your pharmacist uh, you should know that uh, that having an hour two or three or even four a day for uh, for rest it's normal like it's how our body works and it's how the memory works like, you cannot form memories while you are actively thinking about stuff. Like if you keep thinking like twenty four seven about one subject, it will never stick in your memory. Why? Because the synapses they are just overloaded. They are recovering. There is no way uh, to occur for a synapse genesis. And um, you must have this diffuse thinking. You must have this rest. And uh, uh, obviously. Yeah, we, we do have uh, an hour or two a day for rest, right? Yep.
0: So spaced repetition and active recall.
1: Yes. But uh, what we are talking about is um, this uh, rest um, that you... First of all, you can allow yourself to rest for a whole day. And you can actually not think about uh, anything for this day. Like you don't have anything for next week, uh, for the next morning. You're actually living in right now. And um, this is not the feeling I can feel myself having this year.
0: I can agree. So, thank you for being here with us. That's it for today. And see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye.